back with the B Fox and B Frank show, talking about the Big Ten, doing a nice little preview of this conference that is currently in turmoil. So I think before the whole Urban Meyer situation, Ohio State would have been a fairly safe choice. Um, your preseason pick for conference champion. Mm-hmm. Are they still there for you, or is another team? taken over as the favorite in your eyes. I went with Penn State. It was hard because Ohio State's just so damn talented. Dwayne Haskins is a question mark just because we haven't seen enough of him, but J.K. Dobbins is probably one of the 10 best running backs in the country, and he's just going to get even more carries this year. The defense obviously has to reload a little bit, but Nick Bosa's projected to be one of the top three picks in the draft next year he'll be ridiculous trace mcsorley though there's something about him that's like baker mayfield-esque and i know that's doing what every journalist does and sees a similarly sized white guy to him and johnny manzel and just throws him in the category of the most recent one but his game there's there's just something about it that that's just says playmaker and like crazy swagger so if there's anyone that's going to do the damn thing, as we've been saying, it's got to be Penn State. But yeah, the West, I mean, the West is so boring. Wisconsin's going to win that easily. I don't, Iowa's their only real challenge. Northwestern, if uh, Clayton Thorson can get healthy, but Wisconsin's too good on the West, and I don't think they'll beat Penn State or Ohio State from the East. Interesting. Um, Wisconsin is my champion. Um I I do I do agree with what you're saying about Trace McSorley. I do think he's the best quarterback in the conference, despite losing a lot of his weapons over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only Barkley but also a guy like Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, he's a very good receiver for Penn State. But I mean, you've got Jonathan Taylor ran for just under 2,000 yards as a freshman. And he'll definitely smash that this year, running behind the best line in the Big Ten, as we seem to be able to say about Wisconsin every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jim Leonard is an up-and-coming defensive coordinator in his own right. They don't necessarily have as many stud players on that unit, but they're going to be solid. You know, they're going to keep teams right around 21 or under. Um, every single game, and the offense will just wear teams down. The, my one concern with Wisconsin is the schedule is going to be pretty damn tough, or as tough as it really can be for a Big Ten West team. There's such a, a disparity between the two divisions, but they have to go to the Big House. They have to go to Happy Valley. They have to go to Iowa City, Northwestern, and Purdue. Um the last three teams will be, I mean, solid, not the level of a Michigan or Penn State, but, I mean, those are still road games in the Big Ten mm-hmm. that are probably going to have 11 a.m. kicks. So can't really afford to, to be slow starting in those. But I think Wisconsin's going to have just enough. And, I mean, the benefit of playing in the Big Ten West is you really only have to win that one game in the conference title game to, to win the, uh, the conference. I think Wisconsin is going to have the, the talent to do it. Alex Hornibrook, a bit of a net minus the uh, the last couple of years, but I think he takes a step forward and is more responsible with the ball and will just let Jonathan Taylor do his thing. Yeah, I I agree looking at the schedule that they, they kind of got the raw end of the deal. 
considering, you know, they're Big Ten West and it's the Cakewalk Conference, if you Cakewalk Division of the Conference. That kickoff in Iowa City, though, Kinnick is just a black hole for highly rated, highly touted teams that may be looking ahead a little bit. I don't think Wisconsin necessarily will be looking ahead just because of the fact that this is the, that right there is the Big Ten West championship game. If they lose that one, I think Iowa can make a run because they have a fairly favorable schedule as well. But don't I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa made it interesting at Kinnick. Oh, certainly not. And I mean, Wisconsin and Iowa typically play, play the most Big Ten out of the Big Ten games of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always something like 10-6, 13-9. Um, so, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if it's another one possession game over there, certainly. Um, Definitely not a 55-21 beatdown like uh, Ohio State last year. but No, no, though that was hilarious. Yes, a good old uh, pre-war Big Ten football game. That's what we're expecting. Um, so you got Penn State as your champion. Here's somebody you can see as a uh, potential sleeper. I, I struggled with this. I guess I'm going to go Michigan. I don't think they're really a sleeper team, but I just don't believe in any of the quarterbacks that they have on the roster. I don't think Shea Patterson's good enough. I, I just don't know where they go. They again, they've got a, they'll have a great defense. They'll have a good running game. There's just no quarterback there, and that is always they're they're turning into LSU. That's their Achilles heel. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the defense really is that good. It is probably far and away the best defense. In the Big Ten, um, I went to a different part of the state, Michigan State. Um, despite the uh, the one hiccup here, you know, three and nine a couple of years ago, lost a good amount of close games, but every other year they've been remarkably consistent under Mark D'Antonio. Should be the same way again this year. Brian Lewerke, a pretty good year last year. I think he'll be great this year. And they returned 19 starters overall, so that's going to be a very fundamentally sound team that is probably going to have the second-best defense in the Big Ten only because the Michigan Wolverines exist and they will be so dominant. So I think Michigan State has a great chance of uh, challenging Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in the East and even possibly winning them. Yeah, I I agree. I, I like Lewerke. He's another one that's in my uh, top ten quarterbacks. And you just – Returning talent matters so much. I mean, you can you can bring in a ton of five stars and that'll help you out. But guys who've been there, played these teams, been in these different environments, it always it always helps moving forward. Hey, that was really the thing that attracted people to Washington. The first year they were really getting that preseason hype. So mm-hmm. They returned pretty much their whole team from a seven and five squad, and just that continuity was such a plus. Obviously, it, it did turn out to be true because, I mean, they, they made it all the way to the college football playoff. But, yeah, I, I think that's a really huge thing in, uh, in a sport like college football. But we'll see if they can actually uh, deliver on that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's that, that's got to be the biggest storyline in the East outside of the off-the-field stuff with Ohio State. But I, I, don't, I don't really know where else to look there. You know, it it feels like it all boils down to what happens with Urban Meyer. And then, you know, if, if any of the three, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, really take the leap forward, I obviously like uh, Penn State to do it. But 
it, it feels like it could come, come down to a three-horse race if Ohio State just implodes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I always petition for Indiana to join the Big Ten West, where they at least have <laughs> a puncher's chance uh, some years to, to maybe get, like, eight or nine wins, but they've got pretty much four guaranteed losses a year, the way things are. Um, but looking, looking a little further down the Big Ten East, you talk about Ohio State, everything that's going on with them could be a huge distraction. But at the end of the day, you know, as you said, they have the Haskins. They've got not only Dobbins, but Mike Weber, probably a top 20 back nationally in the backfield, Nick Bose on the defensive line. They have so much talent on the roster that it's very possible, even with Ryan Day in charge, they're able to overcome all the off-the-field issues and still live up to the hype. It's possible they go the other way, but it's they have the talent to overcome that. So then you compare that to a team like Maryland and everything going on off the field with mm-hmm. the problems actually inside the football program that have affected the players um, and former players, obviously. Some of the things going on under E.J. Jerkin and his training staff behind closed doors. Maryland does not have that kind of talent to overcome these distractions and I mean I'm very very outspoken in my dislike for Matt Canada not necessarily as a person but um, as a football mind and now if we're, he's going to be in charge of the program on top of everything else that's going on I think Maryland very much has the potential to explode. Yeah I, I, I think they will be the worst team in the Big Ten East, there's obviously still Illinois football around, and I don't think Lovey Smith will ever let anyone take the seller over him. But I even think Rutgers has a chance to be better than Maryland this year. That's wow. how that's how bad I think things are going to get at Maryland. With all it said, it's a long cry from the days of Darius Hayward Bay and Vernon Davis running around in Terp jerseys. This team is... Set this this program is set for a complete and total reset after all this stuff gets ironed out and you know justice is served or whatever cliche phrase you want to use once once everything is solved and the parties involved that that are found guilty of wrongdoing are are done with then Maryland needs to completely reset it's a shame that again this is all Big Ten things that are happening. Uh, a, a newly brought in Big Ten team, but that's that's just the way it breaks sometimes. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be it'll be challenging to deal with because again, I mean, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, they're not walking through any door, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that's just how it happens. And yeah, Maryland could be uh, could be looking at a very long season. I think you know a, a three or four win season is not out of the question. I'm sure they could surprise me, but the way things are looking right now, it's it's going to be very tough for a team of that, that caliber to, to deal with everything that's going on. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Um, the other big storyline is uh, the Big Ten West. you got first-year head coach Scott Frost taking over Nebraska. They won the Natty last year with UCF. Yep. Um, what's... What are we really expecting from this team this year? Uh, continuity. Consistently, you know, playing playing hard in each game. I feel like, it, I wouldn't say players gave up, but I feel like there were 
varying levels of what is the right word concentration or you know energy or enthusiasm going into each game and you could tell with the bigger games or the bigger teams that came to town or that they were playing they wanted uh you know they wanted the game more and and outside of that there wasn't really much of that i think scott frost is going to get his guys up each and every week to really get going and then you know 500 season i don't think is out of the question for them if they can you know hang tough with Iowa and Wisconsin, I think that's a pretty good shake for uh, year one. Yeah, uh, I mean, big game on the schedule, October 6th, and then if you go to, to Camp Randall, could really be for us first opportunity to really put his stance on the left division. Um, I think that the real challenge is going to be just fixing the defense because with Bob Yako last season, it just got absolutely shredded week in and week out. Um, and the offense will be okay. The quarterback is still a bit of a question mark. I mean, you've, you've got talent at the skill positions, primarily a receiver, a couple guys, Stanley Morgan, J.D. Spielman, and then um, Trey Bryant in the backfield can you know, do some good things for you and hopefully mask a lot of the deficiencies that the defense is going to be undergoing um, under a defensive coordinator. But, yeah, I think, like you said, 500 season, not the end of the world, but I think very attainable um, for Nebraska. They're kind of really starting to hit the, uh, the low point of their rebuild um, post-Bopolini. So they're really, really hoping Scott Frost can turn that around quickly, but Rome wasn't built for the day. This isn't going to happen from the first day of year one. Right. I, I mean, he can he can absolutely kickstart it real quick with a, uh, you know, I'd say a winning season, but that just mounts expectations at that point, which nece- isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when you get lofty expectations like they may have had with Bo Pelini, when the coach is doing perfectly fine, yet fans think or the administration thinks they should be doing better, that's when you see guys lose their jobs. You're absolutely right. Um, and then in the gone through a lot of my uh my players to watch already um did you have anybody you wanted to add to that uh yeah i was just going to talk about clayton thorson real quick as a uh guy to watch because he can if he's back and healthy he can make a difference for northwestern and in that west division race for second place obviously i think wisconsin's still going to win the division but he had a nasty injury in that bowl game last year i think it was against kentucky and uh you know Knee injuries take a while to come back from. If he can come back and be, you know, be himself again, that'll be huge for Northwestern, who I think is going to have a top half defensive team, upper level, whatever you want to say, upper echelon, upper tier defensive unit, as they usually do under Pat Fitzgerald. And, uh, you know, they lose Justin Jackson. But Thorson coming back and playing healthy would be would be a big step forward for him. I mean, all of mine were set already, so just take this time to shamelessly plug some IU players. Um, Here we I, go. I really, I really don't know what to expect overall, but there's some good pieces in play. Uh, Morgan Ellison had a great freshman season in the backfield. Expect him to build on that and hopefully play a full season. No idea who the starting quarterback is going to be, but there's a lot of talent there. Um, 
You've got Brandon Dawkins. You got Wally Phipps by Khalil Tate at Arizona. Grad transferring over. Probably the the favorites to win the job. And you have Peyton Ramsey, who played well in stretches last year, and one mm-hmm. of the top quarterback prospects out of Florida. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. IU beating Florida State for a highly touted quarterback commit, which is hilarious to me. Um, so one of those guys, I think, will lead the offense well in a lot of the issues of last year might go away, but who's to say? And then the defense is not going to be as dominant as it's been under Tom Allen because a lot of those guys have since gone, but Jonathan Crawford might be the best safety in the big time, so he's another guy to keep an eye on. Where does uh, Romeo Langford fit into all this? <laughs> it's hard to say. He was uh, <laughs> he was he was missed on the uh, New Albany's baseball team. I don't know if they're going to try his hand at uh, football too. But um, IU actually does have Mister Football on its roster. Um, Reese Taylor played quarterback, dual threat in high school, but he's probably going to play in the defensive backfield somewhere, and he should see the field pretty early he's pretty dang talented um so we'll see could be could be another uh, six and six here maybe better you never I know have no idea they could shock somebody really no idea the actual i actually had one more storyline i wanted to touch on yeah jim harbaugh how mm. how warm is how warm is that suit i think it should be warm but i've been hearing and reading a lot i don't know why i keep saying hearing i only read i don't talk to people uh i've been reading yeah i've been reading a lot that he he, there's no real rush on anything that they you know the administration understands it takes a little while to build a team this may be a little longer than they want but he's getting everything in place and you know they're they're still competing they may not be winning big 10 championships but he's still there you know they're they're still a relevant team nationally so uh, I think he's going to have a bit of a longer leash than I would give him and I would expect. Because I think this year, yeah, if you're, I, you're not making a push for the title, you, he should probably be uh, thinking about cleaning up his resume. Yeah, it, it definitely really helps that he is so well-liked and a, a quote-unquote Michigan man. Right. Um, having some kind of spark of personality is a lot different than you know, a, a Brady Hoax sort of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you would think Michigan for as proud a football program as they typically are would kind of start to have a little frustration with, you know, except for the, the year that Michigan State really bottomed out, consistently finishing in, uh, in fourth place in the Big Ten East. And, I mean, it's for for a team like them, that's that's basically coming in last because there's always going to be the haves and the have-nots. Like Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, they're never going to challenge for a division title. It's right. it's a four-team race at most every year, and Michigan under Har- Harbaugh is pretty consistently coming in last out of those four teams. So I am I am a little surprised there's not more frustration from the fan base. Um, obviously continuing a, a fairly long trend at this point of, of also losing the game to Ohio State. Right. Um, which is typically the most important game of the season unless they happen to be playing in the national championship. But 
yeah, I, I'm not I'm not really seeing too much on this, and I'm a little confused by it because it, it seems like almost any other guy in his situation at Michigan, there would start to be those questions because they do have such high expectations for the football program. Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of goes back perfectly to Bo Pelini. Like, this guy, Pelini got fired for the same thing at Nebraska, which you would think is a little lesser or at least equal to Michigan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bo Pelini and Les Miles are, yes, like, brothers in arms in this whole thing. And I think, I mean, both fan bases would kind of take offense, but, I mean, Nebraska – we're not. It's not the we're '90s not anymore. We're not free Y2K anymore. Yeah. Um, there's there's a little different level of prestige surrounding that football program. LSU, maybe you can make the argument, but I really don't think that has any legs. I mean, like the the biggest complaint is just no quarterback ever existed. But I think in the position they are getting nine or ten wins every year less miles there are a lot worse things you could do um but with michigan's i don't know i i feel out of those three programs they probably have highest prestige as, as most as much as that pains me as a a childhood notre dame fan to say but yeah like again it, i think a lot of this does come back to harbaugh being a michigan man and just being so liked because of that and mm-hmm. because of just his personality. Yeah, it's uh it's an it's an interesting setup he's got there. I don't know if it's ultimate job security or enough to make him uh a little bit comfortable. Oh yeah. I I certainly don't think he's infallible. I think if if you start slipping towards five hundred or below, right, he'll be right. he'll be booted out the door quick. But yeah, I think he can keep churning on at this pace for years and years before anybody really gives them a hard time. Definitely. Anything else you wanted to touch on in the Big Ten? That is all I had for the Big Ten. All right. We will be back next time uh, going out west to the Pac-12. So we will be back with you then.